Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Real Roundtable. I guess that's the new name now. <laughs> Where we talk about the last Game Nights episode, and of course, we are joined by our wonderful guests from Game Nights Double Masters. On our left, we have Ashlyn Rose. Hello. And to our right, rising superstar, Joseph Johnson, a.k.a. Joe. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we get into it, uh, we're going to plug your socials down below, but you can find Ashlyn at Ashlyn Rose and jo- Joe at Black Nito. So make sure you guys check them out as well after the show. All right, so as with every Roundtable episode, our goal is to tackle the most commented on, the most controversial moments from the latest episode of Game Nights, the Double Masters episode. Uh, Quick thing here. Spoiler alert. Spoiler. There's no way to do shows like these without spoiling the episode. So if you have not watched the Double Masters episode of Game Nights, you should push pause right now. Go watch the episode. And then come back. Open a new tab, too, so you keep your place. There, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Very helpful. Yeah, Yeah, you definitely want the context of having watched the episode before we uh, start talking about it. And very specifically, too, we are talking about a lot of stuff. No one that asks these questions is, we're not calling you dumb. We're not saying that you missed something. Maybe you did miss something. A lot of times, like Josh has said before, if something happened and everyone's like, why did this happen? It's actually kind of on us a little bit as the filmmakers and the editors to make sure that, oh, maybe we didn't convey that information correctly. So we'll be clearing up a lot today. All right. Having said that, let's start with the single most commented on thing. Further Fetchland confusion, Jimmy. I am Craig Blanchett. <laughs> are, are we cheating again with Fetchland? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, hold on. Let's let's play the clip here. I'm going to play the top card in my library. It is Rakdos the Showstopper. No! Uh, that's not cool. Yikes. I'm going to pay six life to do so. So I'm going to go down to four life. Ooh. Classic Jimmy Wong tactics here, wow. guys. Living uh, dangerous. And are you going to pay one for a stick? Yep, I will pay for Ristic study. All right, so what gives in that clip we see you, Jimmy, tapping an arid mesa to pay for Ristic Study? What the heck? I think it's fair that you can use any land to pay for Ristic Study. That's really... (laughs) No, I I have a card called Chromatic Lantern in my deck, and this card allows all of your lands to become multicolored, tap for any color of mana lands. That means you can turn your fetch land, you can turn your Urborgs into lands that tap for other colors of mana. You can turn all sorts of crazy things into mana tapping lands. So that's basically it. Yeah, you don't have to crack it and fetch it. You can just tap it. Yep. Chromatic Lantern was on the board. Yeah. Easy to miss again, something we didn't bring up in the moment. Uh, and I'll confess, we debated it in the editing booth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake, who's sitting just off camera, one of our editors on Game Nights, uh, was like, hey, should we uh, should we explain the Chromatic Lantern thing? And I was like, most people probably won't notice. Yeah. It's just going to take up time for no reason. Let's not do that. But they did. They, they did. did. Yep. Oh, they, they definitely noticed. It's that funny. was it's bad call. <laughs> That's what we call a bad call, Josh. Bad call, yeah. <laughs> That's one of the cards that we talked about, I would say, like every other episode when we first started out. So maybe we had in our heads that everyone knew what it was and what it did. <laughs> Guess not. All right. The next the next <laughs> question a lot of people had was, um, when, Joe, when you play Micaeus, right. uh, Micaeus has an ability that, Honestly, like, doesn't tend to come up too much in most games. <laughs> um, and people were 
it's it's that uh, whenever a human, a human, yeah, do you want to read it? Yeah, whenever a human deals damage to you, destroy it. And then there's a book of text around that, but that's the one we're talking about, this little bit here. So you, you point out when you play it. In fact, we have a clip here. Let's play the clip. Okay, I'm going to cast Micaeus, the Unhallowed. Ooh. Oh, that's a good card. I can't attack you with Kellyan. You can't attack me with Kellyan. Oh, she's a human? Yep, she's a human. Oh, it, it seems as if Kalia is a human. So me playing Micaeus means you can't swing at me, Jimmy. You can't. Because you're going to sacrifice the creature, and you don't want to do that. Checkmate. Well, maybe like check, not mate. He ain't dead yet, but check. <laughs> so Kalia is a human. Yep. Sad. Uh, <laughs> but a lot of people were like, well, Kalia is going to have lightning greaves on when it hit, if and when you swung at Joe. Right. Um, so shouldn't Shroud protect against that? I don't know. Do you want to tackle uh, how Shroud works, Joe? Well, Shroud targets or eliminates the target, but right. the active ability on Micaeus will trigger no matter what when the damage is dealt. Right. So yeah. it doesn't say target. It doesn't right. say destroy target creature. Cr- right. Human. Human, yeah. yeah. So it doesn't target at all, so Shroud doesn't stop it. Yeah, the text would look weird, too. Whenever a human deals damage to you, destroy target human that dealt damage to you in this way. Like, it is a lot. So the word it here replaces what's happening. It's something that just happens. It doesn't matter if Shroud is on the creature. Indeed. All right, so the next uh, headline is Joe almost wins. (laughs) So some people notice this. Um, There's a moment in the game, and, well, again, we have a clip for it, so let's play the clip. So Joe's deck is telling, so far, a very clear story. Phyrexian Altar lets him sacrifice creatures. Cruel Celebrant lets him turn creatures dying into damage. And now Micaeus brings those creatures back so he can sacrifice them even more. I think he's probably only like one piece away from having maybe not an infinite combo, but some real, real scary synergy that can kill us all pretty quickly. I don't like what's going on over there at all. So Joe, you have Cruel Celebrant. Yep. You have Phyrexian Altar Mm -hmm. and you have Micaeus out. And I'm very nervous about it, <laughs> but actually I'm not even as nervous as I should have been because I didn't even see the combo or the possibility here. Do you want to walk through, you actually had the ability to win on the next turn. I happened to Toxic Deluge uh, just out of general fear, but not specifically because <laughs> I knew you could win, uh, but you actually could have won on the next turn. Do you want to walk through how that was going to work? Uh, so... Vishkal's ability allows me to sack a creature and take their counters off of them. Uh, so with that loop, I could keep sacking the Cruel Celebrant or whatever creature to Micaeus. Micaeus' ability will bring it back with the counter. I could sack it to Vishkal, uh, taking the counters off, then thus bringing the creature back with counters that I could just keep doing over and over again and wiping everyone's life total and making my life total really, really big. Yeah, uh, specifically Vishkal, you could sack itself to itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to remove the counters from it, right? To give something negative one, negative one, and then it will come back because it when it dies, it doesn't have a counter it now. Have a counter, yeah. Comes yeah. back. Cruel Sullivan says, "Hey, you died. Hey, Let's you died. deal yeah. damage to everybody." Boom, and then boom, it comes boom. back with a counter because in my case, you go, "I'm going to remove that counter." And give something negative one, negative one. And then it dies. And it comes back. And Cruel Sober and says, hey, <laughs> cheers. Yeah. Uh, here's to you. <laughs> yeah, the, exactly how Cruel Sober sounds. The key here is that it's undying on the chaos, not persist. So it comes back with a plus one, plus one counter. So when you have that plus the undying trigger, you're gonna come, it's going to come back. And then Vish Call again likes plus one, plus one counters. And, and can remove them. And can yeah. remove them. And you have many ways to sack and gain mana as well as, you know, Vish Call can just sack himself. 
yeah, that's the thing. You just sack. What would end up happening is I sack Vishkal infinite amount of times. Right. Cruel celebrant, infinite amount of damage. You all die. Yep. yep. Sad. And yeah, infinite man. We didn't realize how close to the edge <laughs> yeah. of the cliff we were. I think we were already worried enough about Jimmy yep. <laughs> to like not even focus on uh, Joe's board at the time. <laughs> I mean, I was like that. There's something bad that's going to happen. I remember, I think I actually asked you in the moment, like, do you have Triskelion in your deck? Yeah, you did. <laughs> like, right, exactly did it, yeah. how worried should I be? <laughs> and then, oh, yeah, I, I made you discard with the Sword of Feast of Ammon, and you discarded a tutor. A tutor. And I was like, yeah. whatever the other card is... Is nuts. <laughs> good chance it just kills all of us, so I have to kill Micaeus. Yeah. yeah. Uh, related to this, later on, Josh, why, why didn't you have this combo? You had Vishkal on your board, right? Oh, yeah, that's a really good point. A lot of people asked, because I had Vishkal and Micaeus myself at one point, mm -hmm. and everybody's like, why did Josh pull off the combo. The problem is the Scarab God makes token copies of the creatures. So I didn't, I couldn't sack my Vishkal to itself. Right. It, it, would it wouldn't, yeah, because it's a token, it would hit the graveyard and disappear, wouldn't get the undying and come back. So I had, I couldn't pull off the combo. Yeah. Yeah. Forgot about that. A lot of people asking about tokens. Yes, tokens do hit the graveyard and do trigger dies abilities. Everybody look that up. I feel like we answer that question constantly. Yep. Okay. Let's talk about um, pro colors. Protection from how it works. There's a lot of confusion. You're right. So a lot of people said, hey, uh, Josh, Toxic Deluge is to get rid of the Micaeus. Mm -hmm. Why does something like Graveborn Muse die? Because it had a Sword of Feast of Famine, so it had protection from black. Ooh. Let's play the clip. Okay. I'm going to tap three. Okay. And then I will play Toxic Deluge. So all the creatures will die. And I'll go to 33. So, um, does anybody want to walk through how protection from a color works here? There are three key points. Maybe we can all take one of them. Uh, usually protection from, it has to be like, isn't it also like a targeted type of thing? Correct. Correct. So, if you have protection from black, you cannot be targeted from black. And if it's protection from black, that means you can't like be dealt, like if you block it with a card, right? It can't dealt, be dealt damage. Right? right. You cannot be dealt damage from anything That's of that course. color. True. Yeah. Yep. And then also... To uh, contrary to your point, Jimmy just made you cannot block. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So a, a <laughs> creature. So if you have protection from black, a black creature cannot even be assigned as a blocker right. to right. protection color. So those are the three main things. It does not, however, say anything about negative x, negative x that's untargeted, which is what toxic deluge is. So if toxic deluge said uh, give target creature negative x, negative x, then protection from black would protect it. Yeah. But because it just does all creatures, then protection is like not working for it. Yep. Don't ask me why that's the way it is. That's just the way that <laughs> it's it is. just how it works. Yeah. It's been around for a while. On the flip side, if you had like, say, a Blasphemous Act and something had pro-red, it would stay alive because it's dealing damage to yes. every creature and it has, you know, pro-red, so. Good point. Yeah. Really good So pro-black is a little hard to understand because there aren't direct damage effects like pingers and stuff right. that, can, right, exactly. that, can be, that can be safe against. Uh, uh, on a re sort of yeah. related <laughs> note, the, a lot of people asked why I was able to sacrifice my Scarab God to the Vishkal, even though the Scarab God had protection from black. Because you're a dirty cheater. <laughs> <laughs> Just like me and Craig. <laughs> Join the Winner's Club, Josh. <laughs> so Vishkal doesn't target when it sacrifices. It just says sacrifice a creature. Yep. Um, so there's no targeting involved. So pro black doesn't have anything to do with it. Once again. Yeah. Boom. Really important targeting. word, though. Target, right? <laughs> if, you, if the word target is on there, a whole new set of things apply. Right. Uh, Toxic Deluge, as it turns out, actually just kind of a confusing card, I think, mm -hmm. to a lot of people. So a lot of people were wondering when Toxic Deluge was played that same turn, 
uh, you had Micaeus out, so Cruel Celebrant comes back with Undying. Right. And people were like, well, Toxic Deluge says all creatures get negative X, negative X until end of turn. Mm. So why doesn't Cruel Celebrant just immediately die again when it comes back if creatures are getting negative X, negative X until end of turn? Right. Again, we have a clip for it, so let's play the clip. So uh, Cruel Celebrant triggers. Since I lost two creatures, everyone lose two life. Bottoms up. And I'll gain two life. Okay. And because Micaeus gave Cruel Celebrant Undying, it's gonna come back to the battlefield with a plus one, plus one counter. So it's a two, three now? It's a two, three. Does anyone wanna try and tackle this one? Oh! I can. Go for it. Oh, get it. All right, so Cruel Celebrant, it leaves the battlefield. Toxic Deluge has already happened. It's going to come back to the battlefield. Therefore, Toxic Deluge has already happened, and Cruel Celebrant, the new one, does not see that. Therefore, it is not affected. Yeah. Well, it might. It might look around and just see a barren wake. <laughs> yeah. like, like, what oh, happened? Oh, oh. I just blinked. Nothing smells. Yeah. yeah. Well, I did, now. Did, did I do this? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's considered a new permanent when it's come back from the graveyard like that. So it's not the same permanent that it was. And Toxic Deluge, anything played after it's happened doesn't get the effect. It is confusing, though, because it says Until, creatures get... Turn. Yeah. yeah, but it's yeah. not like an enchantment effect where it just right. persists constantly on the battlefield. It just... Every creature that's out right now gets negative X, negative X, but anything that happens after that, it won't get it. Yeah. Right, a right. card like Elish Norn, if that was still out, yeah. it's a universal effect that applies across the table. Static ability just keeps happening. Yeah. In fact, uh, from Gatherer, and if you have rules questions, Gatherer will often answer like the most common, the most common ones. So the, I think the first thing listed on Gatherer, if you look up Toxic Deluge, is all creatures on the battlefield when Toxic Deluge resolves are affected. Ones that enter the battlefield or become creatures later in the turn are not. Yeah. So there you go. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, this is another, um, it's sort of a stack-related question. So uh, on that same turn, when Toxic Deluge gets played, two of your creatures, Ashlyn, die. So it's Mere Retriever and Metal Worker. Yes. And so, um, well, we have a clip here. Let's play the clip. When my Mere Retriever dies, that'll actually trigger, and I will get the Metal Worker back to my hand. Cool. So a lot of people were asking, is that legal since they both died at the same time? Can the mirror retriever get the metal worker back? And, you know, I, during when that happened, I actually asked, like, wait, doesn't it work like this? Like, can't I stack when they enter the graveyard? And so you can. And because I stack, I believe it was the, I had the metal worker die. F- or like, they both die at the same time. Die at, yeah, the same die time, at the same time. But they enter the graveyard and I have the mirror retriever see the metal worker, essentially. Yeah, but when they hit the graveyard, basically, the effect of Mirror Trivia goes up and says, hello, something happened, and you can look at the graveyard at that point. Both creatures have died. I wouldn't take that one back. But that's the reason that the cards like Mirror Trivia and Junk ever say another creature. Otherwise, it would die. The trigger would go on the second. If it said a creature, it could target itself and bring itself back, and that would just be very not broken. good. Yeah, very, <laughs> broken. very, very broken. We actually have a behind-the-scenes clip. We don't do this very often of us asking in the moment. We're sure that's how that works, right? Here, we can play that clip. So there's a few things that are going to happen here. Mirror Retriever is going to trigger. Can I order this and get my Metal Worker? No. Yes. They, can you? Yeah, because it'll be dead at the time when the trigger. So right, they die. Oh, trigger goes on nice, stack. Nice. Nice. Okay. Right. Cool. Right, Murph. We'll do oh, right. Check. Uh, when it does target, yeah. So they'll be in the graveyard at that point. Okay. Uh, when my Mirror Retriever dies, that'll actually trigger, and I will get the Metal Worker back to my hand. 
So we don't know everything. We use the internet as yes. well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Turns out that magic is held together by like single words. <laughs> you take That's one true. out, the Did whole you thing. Another and not another, or non-land, or just permanent. Yeah. It's oh, just my. Like oh huge, my right? gosh. Yeah. May or not May. Like, yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah. All right. It's actually August, Josh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Moving forward, some people are like, Jimmy, you are on your way out the game. You have a boss's citadel. This card is powerful. Why don't you use its second ability to maybe do some damage on the way out? And the second ability on this says tap, sacrifice 10 non-land permanents. Each opponent loses 10 life. Okay, that'll trigger my Cruel Celebrant. Everyone takes damage and I gain a life, so I'll go to 36. I'll go to 13. I'll go to 36. I'll go to zero. Bye, guys. If you look at my board, I've got permanents and a bunch of lands, but not that many non-land permanents. So I think you're at like seven or eight. Yeah, it's like it was close. close I, I was like, wait, uh, <laughs> in my brain, but it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah, Cruel Celebrant on the stack. He's counting his permanents real quick. He's like, crap, not enough non-lands. Otherwise, you definitely would have done it, right? Oh, heck yeah. I think I lose <laughs> the game if you have 10. I because think so, that puts too. me to like four. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Darn. <laughs> so I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome, Josh. I guess, I don't know who to thank, really, and who to say you're welcome to. <laughs> you can say you're welcome to me. <laughs> yeah, okay, sure. You're welcome. All right, so those were the rules-based stuff uh, that were sort of confusing to people. Um, a lot of that is just weird magic ruling. You know, yeah. magic rules are held together by duct tape. So uh, let's move on here to what we're going to call the controversial decision-making point. So this is player choice stuff. This is not rules stuff uh, per se. So the first one is land tax logic. Let's play the clip. All right. Uh, I will untap, and on my upkeep, land tax is going to trigger, and I'll find a plains, a mountain, and a swamp. <laughs> Well. I will put them into my hand, and then I will draw for turn. I will pass the turn, and because I have nine cards in my hand, I will go to discard and discard two mountains. There were a lot of people saying, you know, Lantex says May on it, so you don't have to go find the lands. And a lot of people were like, well, if Jimmy, at the start, you're drawing the three lands, but you have too many cards because you can only play one land per turn at the uh, discard phase, and you're having to discard lands every turn. So why are you choosing to get three? Well, the answer isn't deck thinning for those asking, right? Getting a couple of extra lands out of your deck, is it's not going to make a massive difference for me. I'm just happy to draw the cards because, look, you always want to have a land drop every single turn. There is a chance that you're going to be able to play more cards out of your hand so you don't have to discard. And even if you do, I knew how many basic lands were in the deck in general. I know I'm not going to run out of those colors. And so I'm just going to draw the three cards. And maybe it does have a tiny statistical difference later on when I play a Bolas of Citadel and hope there's not a land on top of my deck. But it didn't happen. <laughs> I, mean, I, I think when it costs you nothing like that, right. then deck thinning is like worth it. Even if it's like a 0.05% difference, right. it is still better than not doing it to just be like, hey, listen, I'm not worried about hitting land drops now. So I may Ever. as yeah. So I may as well try and make it so that I have the less chance of drawing a land later. Yeah, and like your deck might have some delve abilities. I'm playing black. There is a reanimate. It might you know there is like cards that affect the graveyard. So putting things in the bin isn't necessarily a bad thing. Even though you can't get lands back with reanimate, I'm just saying. Discarding is fine. Because I could have discarded a creature instead of a land, right? Yeah. That, and when you have different types of decks, especially ones that care about like what's in your hand with Kalia and everything, like being able to manipulate even little things like that can make a difference later on. Mm -hmm. And a very popular combo is uh, Kalia and that three white white angel that brings a creature back too. So you know, having the chance to discard is a good idea. 
Also, you don't know if somebody's got things like windfall, winds of change, things that are going to, oh, right. you know, where you'd much rather just have seven cards in your hand than not at those mm-hmm. moments. Yeah. Scarab. Although I will say I probably should only discard lanes because you're playing Scarab God deck. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> also, you could have had Crucible World. I could have had a lot of things yeah. in that game. <laughs> <laughs> if it just wins in the land on top. Okay. Uh, Let's talk one, about, yeah, this yeah. The, <laughs> one of the biggest moments in the whole game. This is one of the biggest moments in my magic career. <laughs> I've never seen this happen so many times. Joseph, apparently, you know this and we don't, but Soren has a plus ability. What? Josh, you hurt me. You really did. I mean, you, you blew up all my creatures. You hit me with the sword of feast and famine, made me discard a card, blew up all my synergies. There's only one place that this Soren is gonna go. And that's at you. Okay. Right, row. Activate Soren. Uh. I'm just gonna uptick. Oh, you're gonna uptick? I'm gonna uptick. Huh? What? Wait, you're gonna plus Soren? I've never even seen that ability used before. Like, I'm just gonna downtick Soren and send somebody's life to 10. Come on now, I got a little more respect than that. I literally, I'm not kidding, jo- I think it's the same for Josh. I've literally never seen that ability used once. Joe, explain your thinking. I was trying to take your turn. I was gonna plus him up and hopefully everyone would leave him alone and like, oh, he's not being mean to us. <laughs> he's not gonna minus Soren. He wouldn't do that to us. And I'm like, nope, I sure wouldn't. Mm, sure. But I would love to minus seven and take your turn. You got pretty close to be honest. Yeah. I did, yeah, yeah I got yeah. the five and I was like, ah, one more turn. But. It's it's just so hard. It's so hard to ultimate planeswalkers in this game. Now, considering how the rest of the game turned out, I get knocked out when you minus him. Uh, Josh manages to crawl his way back in at the last second do you regret your decisions joseph i do regret letting the blue player go wild that's usually a no-no in, <laughs> in all edh circles so yeah so do you if you had it to do over again would you set my life total to 10 there 100 <laughs> percent. <laughs> Maybe I would have done Oh, yeah. All right, you're never coming back on game nights. So just, uh, thanks you for... You know, honestly... <laughs> thank you for coming in, but... Yeah. You know, honestly, I will say this, is, and this is a little hidden fact here. I played Deflecting Swat in that game. I was really hoping to play that Deflecting Swat if no, it was that's, used I, on me. Yeah. And pointed at you. <laughs> yeah. We were talking about that. I was like, oh, man, the Deflecting Swat would have been so good if you just had either your commander out yeah. or, you know, could have, like... Or just the mana. Oh, Just God. the way that the game turned out, you never had that... Oh, the ability to leave it, uh, yeah. the mana up or have your commander, have commander out. out. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but I still did end up kind of using it on you. So, yeah, you know, you win some, you lose some. Yep. <laughs> uh, so here's a question a lot of people ask Jimmy. It's got a fairly simple answer, but on the turn you play Bolas's Citadel, well, we have a clip here. Let's play the clip. You know what, Josh, I'm going to swing at you, but with the worst Kalia. Okay, I will take three and I will go to 23. Okay. Uh, and then that's going to be it for me. I'll pass turn to you, Ashlyn. All right. So um, you look around and then you attack me with new Kalia. Yep. Not your commander, but the other Kalia. And everyone's like, Jimmy, Soren's at five loyalty. If you hit Soren, it goes to two loyalty and Joe cannot minus and set your life total to 10. What Wait. were you thinking? Why didn't you attack Soren? What a point. That is neither great <laughs> or necessarily wrong. Uh, no, it is wrong. There is a blocker in the way. It's, it's called Joseph's Commander and it's uh, very massive. Yes. And it will destroy anything that swings at it. 
It's a five-five flying lifelinker. It's yeah. got. I think people forget Vishkal's got flying. I right? just about to yeah. say that we noticed that a lot. Like the, it, it has flying. It will block anything that flies. We can't get around it. Vishkal flies. The guy is sitting though in yeah. his uh, arts. Yes. That's yeah. why I think people don't think that it's got right. flying. He's, he's yeah. just hanging out, chilling in a chair. He's like, <laughs> he's like, I, I see you up there. Yeah. Yeah. I see you. yeah. If I need to, I will. I will jump up. Don't make me get up out of this chair. Levitate. I will levitate this whole chair. Just grab you out the air. Just yeah. There you go. Um, you know, maybe I maybe maybe if Joe forgot that Vishka had flying, I'd have been like, Joe, I'm not going to swing at your ca- uh, at your Soren. I'm going to swing at Josh. So don't use the minus ability on me, right? Maybe that would have happened. Struck a deal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, we're going to talk about the moment where Jimmy almost wins the game. Yes, Jimmy was very very close as well. I think a lot of people missed that. But before we uh, lay that all out there, we're going to take a quick break and hear a message from our sponsors. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Hey, I'm Nolan Sykes, a host of Past Gas, the number one automotive podcast in the world. 
Every week, my co-host, James Pumphrey, Joe Weber, and I bring you some of our favorite stories from the hollowed halls of car history. From the amazing to the weird to the utterly unforgettable moments, we cover it all. Join us as we take a look at the wild stories and larger-than-life characters behind legendary cars and car makers. So if you love cars or just like a good story, check out Past Gas by Donut Media, the number one automotive podcast in the world. All right, we are back with more Roundtable with our wonderful guests, Joe and Ashlyn, and we are talking about Game Nights 2XM. And this is either going to be your favorite part of the show or your least favorite part of the show. I mean, it's kind of my favorite part, but it's also my least favorite because it was, gosh, it was so close. The glory. The glory was right there. So, Josh, you want to tee it up? Okay, so, uh, well, we have a clip. So, Even this better. is the clip that has to do with Jimmy almost winning the game. I'll go ahead and look at the top card of my library, see if I can cast it right now. I cannot, so I'll put that back on top. Oh, man. Yes! So, I look at the top card of my library, and it's a land. I already played my land for turn. Can't do anything with that. Now, I'm kind of just stuck in the water and have to wait a whole turn cycle to maybe try it again. All right, so, you play Bolas to Citadel. Tapping out, by the way. Tapping out. And you look and you find a land on top. Oh. So here's the thing we were talking about, the, you know, for weeks while we've been working on it. It's like, what if there's not a land on top right there? By the way, we know that Bolas Citadel allows you to play lands. Jimmy had already played his land for a turn, so he so couldn't. I could play Bolas Citadel. Yeah. Six man. That was at yep. five, I believe. Yeah. So he couldn't play the land that was on top of his deck. But let's just say there's like four demons or angels there and you just go boom 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 which you are incentivized to do because you know soren's out so you want to get as close to 10 as you can get right even below 10 then yeah. in which case he pushes me up like yeah. oh no that wouldn't happen either <laughs> but if if you just go like demon angel dra dragon demon you know or even just two really but let's yeah. just say then i mean you just run away with the game at that point because there's no more board wipes until the very very end when i tutor for one so there's that almost winning the game. Yeah, the main thing that I would have been afraid of is a Bosch activation, yeah. right? A boulder being thrown at my face. You have, I mean, or like another cruel celebrant coming out of the battlefield, but ideally I would have the time to because the board was very clear at that point. Yep. But we do know what my next two cards are because which I end up playing them. Which makes it even them, worse. Which makes it way worse. <laughs> the first is the Groovy Dance in Rakdos. We'll talk about that later. And the next card after that was Sensei's Divining Top. And this card Ooh. is one of the most busted cards you can play with Bolas' Citadel. Uh, because you can basically go through your entire deck one life at a time doing this. Mm -hmm. um, so the reason that Sensei's Divining Top is really powerful is that it has an ability to tap itself and draw a card, and then you put the top back on the top of your library. So with Bolas' Citadel out, you have the top on the battlefield, you look what the top card is, oh, it's a land? No problem. I'm going to tap my Sensei's Divining Top, I'm going to draw the card off my library so it's a land, the top goes back on top, and then I can replay the top from Bolas' Citadel for one life that goes back on the battlefield i look at the top card of my library and now if i have extra mana i can use the uh, top to readjust them otherwise i can just literally for one life continue to draw my deck over over and over and over and over again find the right cards to put on top if i it's even if it's even a card i don't want to cast pay one life cycle it out with the sense of divine top and that pretty much would have guaranteed i could play anything i wanted Plus, top has the ability to just change the top three cards yeah. also so there's like a bunch of different ways basically in that scenario you're just going to cast about 25 life worth of stuff right and i would have found something that probably would have stopped ashlyn right because again it's one life per card i had something like 20 30 or something oh, at that you're point. above 30 yeah, yeah i think i was at I 38, 38. Yeah. yeah yep so that means i could have technically have drawn 37 cards off the top of my library of course i wouldn't have done that because you have to of course pay to cast the cards as well but i also had mana open in that case if i had it right so i could have drawn it put it into my hand and cast it from my hand there's always i just have so many options with these two cards it's a very busted combo 
Yeah, so if land's not on top of your library when you play Walls of Citadel, and instead it's Rakdos then top. Yep, which we six life for Rakdos, easy, no problem. And then top, and then I'm off to the races. Yeah, I think we absolutely lose in that scenario. <laughs> yes. So, having said all that, Joe, and having said you regretted not setting me to <laughs> 10 life, now knowing about the Sensei's Divine top thing, do you now actually feel justified in what you ended up actually doing because you saved us with the negative three ability to Jimmy? Because if Jimmy's at 38, when it gets back around to his turn, he's in this scenario with Rakdos and says he's dimension. That's true. That's Danger true. Okay. Robinson. Yeah. I, I like Pass Joe. Pass Joe, you did a, you did a good job. <laughs> <laughs> We're just flip-flopping all over. Go back, I, I, I will go back in time and congratulate Pass Joe. It's fine. <laughs> Thank you, Pass Joe. like, no, Joe, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the fairy just running around. Just a bunch of me's. Yeah. Like. I mean, there's a lot to discuss here, too, in terms of, like, why did I play the Citadel? I could have replayed the Cali at that point. We know you, you know I have. Yeah, ter- and not that. I also I have an Avacyn in my hand, so like right, like maybe I try to get that on the battlefield. I think I just felt that the timer was going very quickly at that point, and that I, I knew that I was going to force the hand of the Soren. So I was just hoping to have a really sweet run of cards with the Citadel. Yeah, because like we said, if you play Citadel and get lucky, two or three cards on top are good. Then that's a huge, and then even then, right? And like, then you now don't I'm care down to, so like, much. Fifteen life, and I go to ten. Yeah, not a big deal. He probably won't even use it on you because it's not even worth it, right? <laughs> yeah. To just exactly. do five damage to you. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, when you got sorned, Jimmy, after Bolus of Citadel whiffs, it's hard to explain how... That's like Hermit Druid unlucky to get the land on top there, I think. Um, and then he sorns you down to 10. What was your mindset there? Were you like, okay, it's kind of over at this point? I did feel like the game was going to end. Yeah, I was just like, ah, and that's that's it for me. Bye, friends. It kind of feels like that on your turn where you're like, whatever, I'm going to yeah. play the Rakdos yeah. and whatever. <laughs> Do you think looking back now, you maybe should have played a little more de- defensively and tried to stay in it? Or uh, I mean, like, is that not, a, not your style? Kali, uh, one, yeah, it's definitely not my style. <laughs> no. And Kali's just one of those decks where I want to get in there and want people really quickly. So, I mean, for me, I was just like, in, in general, two on game nights, I like to play fast because either I'm going to win fast or lose fast. And I'm okay with either of those. I mean, it might make things exciting too. And I need some more excitement. In my I will life. say, Rakdos brought a lot of fun to the table in and of itself. True, so. and the animation extra did that. Yeah, <laughs> so. we'll talk about that later. I'm glad you played Rakdos, and I think everybody <laughs> out there is too. Yeah. Uh, okay. So speaking of Rakdos, when Rakdos comes out, it has its effect. We all roll the dice, lose some creatures. Joe, you lose Vishkal in that moment, and you end up choosing to put Vishkal into the graveyard. Oops. A very important choice. Yeah. yeah. All right. So after the dust settles, the board looks like this. Oh, jeez. Okay. I'm actually going to put Vishkal in the graveyard. Let me first of all say, I think there were some people confused that that is a legal play. Yeah. You can always choose to just let your commander go where it's supposed to go, or you can choose to put it into the command zone. Uh, Joe chose to keep it in the graveyard on purpose. It wasn't like he wanted the the trigger from Cruel Celebrant. You were going to get that anyway. Right. Because right. this was after the rule change and everything. Um, so do you want to explain your thinking or what was going on? What There was a card uh, that you had that was kind of important at that moment for why you made this play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a Twilight's Call in my hand, which can bring all creatures from my graveyard or for every, every graveyard back into play, which would have assembled the combo, which would have... Instantly won. The game. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I was banking on that hardcore. And, uh, yeah. I bet wrong. <laughs> Were you at all worried at that moment? Like, hey, Scarab God might 
reanimate this before I have a chance to reanimate it? At the moment, I thought you had other targets that you were more focused on. So I was like, okay, maybe he's not going to focus on Vishkal because it's not really his style. And then, yeah, it came out. And <laughs> Well, I think what actually happened is I made you discard sort of Feast and Fam with sort of oh, Feast and Fam. And then that was just like, well, and then, now yeah. I can't get it back. Yeah. 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 I think that was the thing that kind of thwarted your plans. Right. So, yeah. yeah. No, plans were thwarted. Good old Scarab God. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's talk about the moment, Jimmy, when you get knocked out. Yep. So Bloodline Keeper. Oh, yeah, so Hellkite Tyrant. Well, there's a few things about the Hellkite Tyrant. We'll get to that in a second, <laughs> Ashlyn. Um, but you, Ashlyn swings Hellkite Tyrant at you, Joe, mm -hmm. and you decide to block with the Bloodline Keeper specifically to kill Jimmy, right? Correct, to, yeah. Because yeah. with Cruel Celebrant, Bloodline Keeper's going to die. The one damage Jimmy's at one. It's going to take him out. In fact, we have a clip. Let's play that clip. And I will send Hellkite Tyrant at you, Joe. All right. I will block with my Bloodline Keeper. Bloodline Keeper dies. And then four damage will trample over. I'll go to 35. Okay. That'll trigger my Cruel Celebrant. Ooh, gosh. Everyone takes damage and I gain a life. So I'll go to 36. I'll go to 13. I'll go to 36. I'll go to zero. So do you want to walk through your thinking um, in that moment? Because I think there were some people who were like, oh, I, I might take the damage from Hellkite Tyrant since it's got trample anyway. Right. And leave Jimmy alive because you can sacrifice stuff at any time to the Phyrexian altar. That's true. Uh, I mean, in that moment, I thought that maybe he could have drawn something else and taken, you know, us for another loop. So I was like, I'm not even trying to bank on it. Let me get him out of the game because if he has an upkeep and he gets to untap, who knows? Right. We, we could be all messed up. So I was just, you know, kind of hoping that no one else would swing at me, at me after that. Like, my defenses are, are down. <laughs> I'm dead. I mean, to be fair, like, you're playing a deck full of angels. There, You mm -hmm. could very well, like, get back up from... And I had enough mana to cast Kalia probably at that point and equip the Greaves on. And we know I have Avacyn, right? So even at one life, I could have been dangerous, even if you did sort of hold me by a thread yes. because of that cruel celebrant. Right. Which sucks. <laughs> you're, also playing, you're also playing white, so you have a lot of exile stuff. So I was just banking on the fact that you couldn't make me exile my board, and then I would have been even in more deep trouble. That was the real card I was looking for before I got to one life, was like, can I find my uh, path to exile that gains me some life? Mm -hmm. Path my own creature? Or, or sword, you mean? Yeah, that would have been, that been awesome. Sword, you racked us. Yeah. <laughs> you would dance on the way out, too. <laughs> I think there's something to be said, too, for the fact that I'm playing Scarab God, so turning off Jimmy, just getting rid of a, oh. gets rid of his graveyard. Oh, very oh graveyard. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and we know he had Runescar Demon in there yep. and yep. some, you know, some stuff I might want to get a hold of. So a lot of toys. Denying me access to that maybe a, a good idea um all right let's uh, talk about a big one here a lot of people th this is kind of a big maybe turning point in the game ashlyn yes um so you have helkai tyrant this is the moment where you're deciding who to swing at jimmy's at one yes um so you're not going to swing at him because you'll kill him and any artifacts you steal won't matter mm -hmm. and uh well we have a clip here let's see what you decide to do so do i want to attack anyone this is a pretty easy calculation for me Jimmy's about to die, so I don't want any of his things. Josh only has two artifacts, and Joe has three. Three is bigger than two. I'm going with three. Aha! Uh -huh. So you steal you you steal all of Joe's artifacts. Decide to swing at Joe, and uh, I do. Yeah, there was a, there's a <laughs> lot of comments um, uh, about this moment. You know, a lot of people thinking maybe you should have swung at me and mm -hmm. stolen my Sword of Feast and Famine and Fell Warstone. With mm -hmm. from Joe, I think you get Soul Ring, Arcane Signet, and Phyrexian Altar. Yes. 
So in the interview, you say uh, three is more than two. I'm going to swing at Joe. For three. Yeah. So looking back at it, there was definitely like, yes, I could have swung at you. I could have turned off your sword. I think at the time when I did this, one, I had already been like trying to calculate I'm going to kill, or Jimmy's going to die soon, so if I take his artifacts, I'm not going to have them. Correct. Um, your life total was already getting pretty low. Yeah. And if I stole your artifacts and you died after that, and then I have to go off against Joe, <laughs> I lose those artifacts as well. Right. Uh, and I think if you hit me with Hellkite Tyrant there, I go to seven. Yes. So you pretty much are going to kill me with, you know. With a Bosch activation. Bosch yeah. yeah. So I picked Joe. And I mean... I also kind of got a little tunnel vision because I thought it would be cool to have 20 artifacts yeah. and went that way. Not gonna yeah. lie, yeah. I was definitely like going up there with that. So that also slightly influenced the choice. I mean, and let's be honest, that that line of like, I'm going to hit Joe so I can take his artifacts because I'm more likely to keep them than I'll concentrate on killing Josh first. Yeah. Which was clearly what you decided to do. Yeah. As soon as you hit Joe, you're like, I'm killing Josh now. <laughs> uh, almost worked. It came within a hair of oh, not working. Yeah, let's not forget <laughs> that <laughs> Ashlyn almost won yeah. the entire thing at that point oh. with that Bosch activation. Basically one card. one card. One card. One card. So, yeah, okay. So, looking back, would you do it differently now? No. You think you'd make the same play? I think I would have still made the same Three play. Three is more than two, Josh. Yeah. Three is definitely Three more, is than more than two. <laughs> uh, yeah, you want to talk about this next one? Scarab God is a card that I think is is so powerful. Uh, and there's actually even more intricacy to it that Josh missed a small thing here that could have made the difference. Yeah, so at the beginning of your upkeep, each opponent loses X life and you scry X where X is the number of zombies you control. So I have an upkeep where this triggers and I actually say I have no zombies and do nothing. In fact, we have a clip. We'll play the clip. Okay, I am going to untap. Scarab God will trigger on my upkeep. But I have zero zombies, so it doesn't do anything. And I will draw. Okay, here's the thing. Uh, you can activate Scarab God in response to its own trigger to bring creatures out of the graveyard until you'll have zombies. So I just kind of gave up free value there because yep. it, I, I just go to my main phase and then do it. It's like, oh, I might as well have activated and gotten Vishkal, Micaeus, and stuff during my upkeep. Then I could have scryed, right. found better cards, Hard, done right. damage yep. to my opponent. So yeah, definitely a misplay there on my part. Yeah, it's a small one. Uh, I don't think it ultimately ended up mattering, but it's something that's cool for Scarab God players just to know that yeah. you know in your upkeep, it's a great time to respond to a trigger. Yeah, I hate missing stuff like that because it like misrepresents to people, to everybody <laughs> watching, like other cool things you could have done. So right. I apologize to all the Scarab God players out there. That's why we have a round table to talk about. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the next one is sort of the big turning point in the game. The, yeah. So yeah. this is when Ashlyn has played Bosch. It's on the stack. I'm at, I think at the moment, I'm at eight life, but I end up going a lot lower because I have to sack creatures to yes. draw cards. Yes. Um, basically, as soon as Bosch resolves, you dead. You will be able to activate it, <laughs> sacrifice, you know, something, and kill me. And so I'm like, crap, before Bosch resolves, I need to find an answer. And in my mind, I'm like, I have to find a counterspell to counter Bosch so it never enters the battlefield. Yep. So what I end up finding, though, is Lazotep Plating, mm. which I wasn't even thinking of um, as a possible way to save me. And as somebody pointed out, going through my list, that that was actually, by the time I got down to the last activation, the only card in, left in the deck wow. that would save me because I wow. didn't have a counter spell that only cost one blue. Right. Mm. So I didn't have the ability. Right mana, yeah. Yeah, so on my last activation, Lazarus of Plating is the literal la only card I can draw. Um, 
So, yeah, sorry, Ash. It's okay. I mean, you can't control it. <laughs> yeah. It definitely, like, feels bad, but it's also like, well, you played your out, so, like... Yeah. Anybody who thinks we script the game, just watch Ashlyn's reaction <laughs> in the moment. There's no way she would have let me, like, hey, Ashlyn, I'm going to find the perfect card. Is that okay with you? She wouldn't, like... Yeah, no, I would have, I would have like, red marks all around my neck if that happened. Let's uh, talk about going to Vegas, though, yeah. gosh. The odds, my, my goodness. Gosh. I mean, I did draw, like, three or four cards that turn, so, you know, it's better than just one shot. Okay. You roll the dice a lot, too. Okay, all right, all right. So, people got confused, I think, here about the order of an events and I think this is really one where maybe we didn't explain it great um, in the episode we tried to in your yeah. interview in fact we have a clip here let's let's play the clip of how we presented it I wasn't even thinking of this as a possible answer but I think this saves me I think this saves me remember I have the four mana from Suchi when it died floating I'll add a blue okay and I will cast Lazotep plating me and permanence I control gain hexproof until end of turn oh, oh. Got him, coach. That will amass one, so I make a 1-1 one, one zombie. Oh, this is horrible. It's not a counter spell, but this card does give Josh and his permanents hexproof. And this is all before my commander has hit the board. So by the time Bosch arrives, I'm not gonna be able to target Josh. And then Bosch resolves. All right, Bosch is here. Which comes into play tapped because of blind obedience. Okay, and then I will go ahead and play Geode Golem. Okay. And I pay one for Rhystic Study. And uh, yeah, that's my turn. Go ahead, Josh. So you're probably thinking, Ashlyn, wait, why are you tapping out? You could kill him with Bosch on his upkeep. I could if it wasn't for Vishkal and all those counters on him. So I think what was confusing is because people were all in the comments being like, no, she can in his upkeep just activate Bosch and kill him, right? Because he's only hexproof for the until end of turn, which is yep. her turn. So once her turn's over, he can do that. And... Um, what happened was I end up destroying Bosch during her end step mm. so that she doesn't even have Bosch during my turn, so she cannot then use it during the upkeep. And the thing is, Ashlyn saw that I was going to be able to do that because Bosch was a 16-16, and so she decided there's no point in leaving up the mana. I'd rather just play a card out of my hand, which is why she plays the Geode Golem. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like yeah. everybody saw three chess moves ahead and was playing based on those three chess moves. Let's it, talk about Vishkal being a big old Vishkal boy. Oh my gosh. Well, this is the interesting thing and the misplay that I made in the moment, which is that considering that you did decide to tap out and play the Geode Golem, mm -hmm. I didn't actually need to destroy Bosch during the end step because you didn't have any mana left. Okay, on your end step, I'm going to remove the 12 counters from Vishkal and give Bosch negative 12, negative 12. Bye, Bosch. Bye, Bosch. So what I could have done is untapped attacked with them, gained a bunch of life, and then killed yeah. the Bosch. Right. But I was so stuck in the, I gotta kill Bosch, I gotta kill Bosch <laughs> mode, that I just still pulled the trigger. Um, so considering that, it's really interesting, the three moves ahead chess thing. Considering that, do you think it maybe would have been better for you to not play the Geode Golem, which would then force me to remove the counters from... From So Josh made the misplay and had Ashlyn not cast the Geogolem, she would have had the mana to force him to do what he did the, anyway. What he did right. anyway. But not knowing that I was going to do that. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I don't know. It's an interesting thought experiment. I'm not sure. I, honestly, I don't know. I think at the time, like after you got the plating, I kind of was already like, all right, it's game over. That was kind of where my head was. I tried. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I would have done anything differently. I don't mm. think I saw it. Yeah. It's just an interesting thing to think about. I'm not sure. I obviously made the misplay. So I... Would I have done something differently? Yes, but you know. <laughs> true, true. Uh, um, okay, let's uh, let's. Those are sort of the big controversial moments that people talked about in the comments. But I think what's interesting is, and I have a moment like this. Um, 
there's stuff that maybe we notice as players during the game that aren't mentioned by the the, the commenters that just kind of go by. And, you know, in the editing booth, we're always like, uh, you know, after the episode comes out and reading the comments, it's funny, no one's talking about this or no one's talking about that. Yeah. I, so I wanted to ask you each, what do you think was the biggest mistake you made in the game? Or was there a decision point where knowing what you know now, you would go back and do it differently? Um I'll start. Okay, Jim. Uh, there are a couple of things here that I think were things that I could have done better. Uh, the first off is I think immediately addressing the fact that training grounds is on the table and forcing the fact into everyone's brain that this is not only the best card in Josh's deck, but is going to allow him to come back really hard. Right at one point, I'm even like full grip, and Josh is like, "Yeah, yeah I've caught back up." And then at that point, it should have been like, Josh is on equal footing with the other players, especially if he's going to play a like card like that. That's going to give him so much advantage over the long term. And how many times did you end up activating? Scared a lot. Think, right? Seven, so, eight, nine. Yeah, that's 16 mana that's saved off of training grounds off of that alone. So I think that was a big mistake uh, in terms of like table politics. In terms of my own play, I think I probably could have found a better card with Runescar Demon. I did mm -hmm. end up finding Deflecting Swat. And sometimes you do find, right? Like, I, you know, looking through my deck list, I'm sure there could have been something else that maybe was a little more forward thinking to think like, all right, how is the rest? of this game going to play out not just the next three or four turns but regardless that's the card i got i wanted to get someone with it wanted to play a new card so my i kind of got laser focused on that so maybe that was a mistake there interesting joe you do you have a moment that you think in the game that you would redo if you had a chance mm -hmm. yeah actually the top of the, of the of the game i think i enlightened tutored for a soul ring when i probably should have gone for something like a phyrexian arena mm. just something to keep you know cards in my hand so i always had gas i think I ended up running out of gas way too fast and was relying on top decks. And I think that would have gotten me out of that. Yeah, because you ran out of gas somewhere around like turn seven yeah. and, and weren't able to really affect the game a lot after that point. And maybe if you just have three or four more cards, well, that'd be a big that. difference in that game, right? And hit your land drops. Yeah, because yeah, my land tag stopped triggering after the land yeah. five. So. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, so maybe you just, yeah, that could totally change the game because if you just hit two more lands, right. yeah. That's interesting. Ashlyn, do you have a moment? I thought about this for a while, and like I thought about the the tyrant and that possibly being it. But I actually think that my biggest play mistake was playing the immortal sun. Oh, because you turned off Soren that he was probably going to use against me. Because I turned off Soren, and because I hit you with Hellkite Tyrant at the time, none of us really realized how much you were relying on those artifacts for mana <laughs> until I took them. Um, <laughs> and uh, because of that, you were like, I completely like essentially took you out of the game in Hard. one turn. I like play Immortal Sun, hit you with the Tyrant, and then you just kind of <laughs> <laughs> that's your entire board. yeah. I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. hi, welcome to game nights. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you feel bad about it. Only just a little. <laughs> Ashlyn does have a soul. Wow. <laughs> Just a little one. <laughs> yeah, don't counter my stuff, Ashley, please. <laughs> so I I actually feel like the immortal sun may have I may have gotten blinded by all the yummy things it comes with and not relying more on my teammate at the time, possible teammate yeah. right. uh, to maybe help that's pick out Josh. To the training grounds thing I said, right? Like maybe had that been a lot more clear, you guys could have looked at each other and been like, Oh, Josh about to do one of them Josh things. Yeah, let's <laughs> yeah. have time to team up. Yeah. Um, I have I have one and a few people mentioned in the comments, uh, but not very many. And the Lazotep plating, I actually misplayed the moment, right? Because that's a card that I could use in response to Bosch being activated. So what I should have done is played it cool, drawn the card and been like, oh crap, too bad. Okay, it resolves. And then you activate Bosch, sacrifice, probably, you know, something anyway. And then I can Lazotep plating in response to 
that. And now I don't even have to necessarily kill Bosch. Right. And I can just keep my Vishkala to 1616. Yeah. Ashlyn can't even play a G- another card out of her hand, right? No. Yeah. And I get to basically counter the ability on Bosch. Mm. Um, so that was a mistake on my part. Didn't end up biting me, but... Could have. Could have, definitely. As Could've. we know, magic is a word that is completely untied by a single word. So <laughs> moments like this, you never know. Um, yeah, there was a lot of people in the comments uh, talking about the card that's sitting behind us here on set. Oh, yeah, in the window. Sonic Rift. Uh, and people were like, again, another Psych Rift at the end of the game. People blah, are mad about uh, Barf. They're mad at me for playing that card. By the way, it's in 2XM, so I think it's fitting that the card is <laughs> <It's> played. It's <laughs> played, yeah. I mean, I, I think, like, in this instant, people were talking about Cyclonic Rift like it won that game. Mm-hmm. And Cyclonic Rift did not win that game. Like, I Vampire tutor for Cyclonic Rift at the end there. There's 10 cards in my deck I could tutor for right there. Or that I could have put in the deck instead, right? Time Stretch, Expropriate, uh, In Garrick's Wake. Like, you can just go through a million cards that in that position would have won the game. Because the game was already basically over. I, Cyclonic Rift just put it on ice, mm-hmm. right? So anything that kills all creatures just wins the game right there. Yeah. I mean, sorry, it kills my opponent's creatures. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So... I get it. Cyclonic Rift, you know. But it didn't win the game there. Scarab God and Training Grounds won the game. A hundred percent. Yeah. And Vish Call. Yep. <laughs> Vish Call. Vish Call, MVP. Yeah. Vish Call. MVP. That card's crazy. I've never, ha- I've never had a Vish Call on my battlefield before. That yeah. card's nuts. Yeah, I kind of want to make a reanimator deck to get that sucker out because he's a, is a lot of mana for that guy. <laughs> All right, uh, let's talk about something that a lot of people, in fact, this is actually the number one comment besides the... No controversy here. Yeah. Um, it's... Uh, Everybody noticed we really upped the animation game in this episode. The card animations were... Amazing. Well, yeah. In fact, if... if well, you've, you've hopefully seen them because you listened to our advice from earlier and you didn't watch this before watching the episode. But, you know, I don't think it hurts to watch them again. Let's play the yeah. clip. Good stuff. Ooh. Should we go around and say which what our all our favorite animations were? Okay, go ahead. Uh, it was so hard to choose. I got I would probably go with Bolas Citadel. I just love that pause and then that boom. Yeah, <laughs> the sound design really makes it so good. Yes, this. Yes, this. it's from Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure it out. Uh, I think my favorite was probably Soren. Just like the mist. And then him coming back coming through, in, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, that's so vampire. That is Soren. so fitting. <laughs> yeah. We just kind of turned him into Dracula. So yeah. clean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love Micaeus. It's simple. It's easy. It's got a really dynamic feel as the, whoom, the walls close in. Yeah. So I like that a lot. I think that that added to the gravity of the card as well. Uh, I liked Vishkal a lot because yeah. the whole environment had to be built and like it told a story, right? Yeah. It was like this line of creatures that are ready to be sacrificed. And they're all like, no, no. And he's like, next. <laughs> he doesn't even care. Uh, yeah. So really big kudos to Sam Waldo yes, who... Absolutely. Uh, yeah, who does the animations. Um, also, we were able to bring on uh, a VFX assistant named Patrick Nunn, who uh, helped a lot and also just gave Sam more time to concentrate on a lot of that more complicated stuff. Yep. Um, Thank also, you, Patrick. Yeah, big props to our whole team because uh, Murph and Jake, who are editors on the show, spend a lot of time working with Sam to concept out like exactly what... Um, 
is happening or what needs to happen. Like the Vishkal thing, like Sam for one doesn't play magic. So we're kind of explaining, you know, what can happen. And then it's all, it's a lot of this, like what we wish could happen is this, is that possible, Sam? And Sam's always like, that would be cool. That would be, yeah. And we're like, does that mean you can do it or is that <laughs> yeah. cool? How long will that take? Is it possible? Aww. He's like, I don't know. Let me go uh, Let me go try and figure out if that is possible and how long it'll take. And so, yeah, big kudos to the whole team. Um, Should we and, talk about Disco Rack? Yeah, because oh none of us, of gosh. course, none of us says Disco uh, Rack, rack disco. disco. That's a, that's a better way of doing it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Just the boogie in. Yeah, so the funny story about this one is that that was Jake Boss's idea to have uh, Rakdos, like, to have the disco ball come down and have him dance. So Jake's like, you know what would be cool? If we have some disco music and then Rakdos dances. And then Sam goes, that would be cool. <laughs> and uh, and we Sam at does. <laughs> yeah, and so trying to figure that out is actually kind of hard because you got to have the thing move in a certain rhythm and whatever. It's a lot of pieces moving yeah, to look a like it. Otherwise, it's going to look janky, you know? It's right, hard to right. make someone look good dancing. So I think Sam uh, tried it a few times and just couldn't get the motion right and decided that, you know what we need? We need a reference video of somebody dancing that I can kind of match. And so we he got out. Alfred <laughs> with like a broomstick in place of the sickle or whatever. Yeah. And so we have this uh, here. We'll play the video. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's Alfred, you know, doing the dance that Rakdos eventually does. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. This is not an uncommon technique in yep. animation. No. You can go back and see all the way back to the old Disney days. And, you know, they would have actual dancers in studio doing the whole thing. And then they would kind of basically copy and draw the movement because it's lifelike. It's realistic. And they add a little more flair, a little more whatever there. I mean, mocap. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's literally that's that. our next step for us. Okay. Yeah. yeah, we just put some. We'll be in dots balls. everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Get a sharpie, <laughs> and that's how that works. Are you guys right? sure this is how it works? <laughs> oh, please let me be the one to sharpie. <laughs> yeah, do you have yeah. to use permanent marker? Yes, we do. Yes, Josh. Uh, uh, I wanted to talk about something nobody noticed, or very few people noticed. You know, we always are talking about the comments that everybody noticed. Right. But there was this really cool shot that uh, Jake came up with when shooting the footage of the Karch from Double Masters. So it's... Because Rico of Two Reflections is reprinted in this set, and Jay comes up with this sweet shot that's the reflection of Rico in the deck box. In the satin oh. tower. Seeing himself. He's the reflection. Yeah. He's his reflection. Yeah. That I had to point that out. so good. That was such a clean little shot. It's like, ooh. Rico. <laughs> Those things you do, and you're like, that's clever. And then it's like, it's too clever. No one saw it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you played Cyclonic Riff. <laughs> it's like, dude, that, that, the cool thing was in the first two minutes of the video. All right, fine. <laughs> All right, and the last thing we want to go out here is what I'm calling the Joe Me the Love section. Joe, first time on Game Nights. Man, the comments, so many. People loved you. Absolutely. I had such a great time. I mean, <laughs> He's like, what do I say to that? <laughs> I don't know. I say thank you. Uh, yes. thank, thank you guys so much for, for having me. I mean, this is this is so awesome. And you guys made me feel welcome and right at home. So Yeah, and a lot of people notice that, again, you are an actor as well. And that's actually something that I thought was a great part that you brought to the interviews. Sometimes, Josh and I have done so many of these. It's just like, and then this happened and it was crazy. It's like, all right, what's the next line? Let's just, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of these to get through. But you managed to bring a lot of life and tell like a story within the interviews yeah. too. And I'm sure the editors loved having having that just because it adds so much flavor and stuff to the to the cut yeah uh i had a request for you joe yeah can you sing um your famous vishkal song uh please? yes okay. hold on let me see if i remember it um hey hey uh, what was it done i just met you no no what? wait hey okay. I'm, I'm a vampire, vampire. i got yeah, some cow wait what <laughs> i got some vampire I... hey i'm a vampire this is crazy this, this is crazy. crazy i got some counters 
Fish call me, mate. There it is. I found it. <laughs> I'm a vampire. And this is crazy. I've got some counters. Fish just call me, maybe. Just make that up on the day. Like, <laughs> just like hold on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, amazing. Uh, Joe, I think it's safe to say that we're uh, we're gonna hopefully be able to have you back at some point since you are local to LA. So that's yeah. that's pretty lucky for all of us. Absolutely. Uh, Ashlyn, as well. Thank you so much for always being on the show and doing just awful things with colorless cards. How, where you go? Where, where can we find you guys online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Ashlyn Rose. I'm on Instagram as Rar It's Ashlyn, and you can find my voiceover demos at AshlynRose.com. They're impressive. And you can find me on Instagram at Black Nito, and I'm on IMDb as Joseph H. Johnson Jr. Nice. All right, Joe. Maybe we'll, we'll cast you in the next short film, too, that we hey, do. Hey, I'm down. Yeah. <laughs> if we ever figure out what we're yeah, going to do. We're doing. We figure that out. We're doing a short now? Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, Jimmy, why'd you say that? Uh, uh, I want to give a quick shout-out to... Uh, Josh Murphy and Jake Boss, who are the main two editors on Game Nights, they do a terrific job. And, you know, I think you can tell that our editing is just getting better and better. And it's really a testament to those two guys. All right. Jake, who's back there behind the cameras also. Oh, yeah. He's also helping doing the tech setup. Jake Jake and I have been, like, troubleshooting all these things. We've come up with great solutions for a lot of stuff here. Yeah, if you notice, like, our show looks better. Like, Jake is actually handling cameras and stuff. We've been redoing our sound setup Mm -hmm. and everything. So, yeah. Lots there. All right, uh, big thanks to Card Kingdom for always supporting everything that we do. If you go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone and use that affiliate link when you order your magic products, singles, anything at all, you know, double masters, it's here. Oh, it is. If you want to get a hold of those cyclonic riffs so everyone can yell at you. <laughs> <when> you <laughs> burn this. Yeah. It's never going to be cheaper than it is like for the next couple of weeks. Don't listen. Don't miss out. Even, yeah. Listen, I know you hate the card. Get a couple of them though right now while they're cheap. Don't wait till they're 30 bucks again. Right. Yeah, you don't yeah. want that to happen. Cardkingdom.com slash command zone. And a massive, massive shout out as always to our patrons who get to watch game nights a day early. That means that they got the glory of Vish, Call Me Maybe and Joe on the show a day before the rest of the world. We're always very, very grateful to them they are you know the heart of our sort of area here the command zone literally and without them we wouldn't be able to push out all this content especially during a time like this so big thank you you can check out the patreon at patreon.com slash command zone and a big shout out to ultra pro who also sponsors everything we do you know that cool deck box that had the riku reflection Mm -hmm. on it that thing is sweet uh, there's also like a pearl one. Ooh. JK, yeah, you have all the cool deck box, yeah. right? It's a pearl one. Yeah. Well, if you want a deck box that is so shiny that it can reflect Rico of two reflections on it, then Ultra Pro, they make the best in the business. They also make the best sleeves in the business to protect your decks. You don't want them to get messed up. You don't want to get that $10 Cyclonic Rift that's about to be $30, yeah, you know, messed up in any way. Put it in Eclipse sleeve. And they also give us the cool stuff to give away. Like these planets in front of us will be oh, yeah. going out to the winners of the Game Nights giveaway, and we've signed all of them pretty sweet. So look forward to that. All right, Ashlyn, Joe, thank you so much for being here. And we'll see yeah. you guys all next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, It can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, 
Whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. 